Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Recorded live. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Good. How are you? I am pretty good. Pretty good. She says impishly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just trying to make my way across the house. My daughter was coming in to give me a hug because she just woke up. So I was trying to do three things at once. Oh. So it was a lack of focus. <laughs> lack of focus on any one task. So she was making hand gestures at me while you guys were asking me the question. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> I love it when Aaron does that one in the middle of a call. He, mm-hmm. he feels like he can come up to my glass lighting door and just, you know, mime something and get an answer while I'm talking. <laughs> uh huh. No, I am not that good. I'm just not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's multi multitasking can, for me. I can text though. I can text and talk at the same time. Yeah, I usually can, but a lot of times what it means is I'm just lacking focus on anything entirely. Yeah. So. It's Tuesday morning. Uh-huh. Good morning. Another week, another week has gone by. Another week closer to 2018. I know. So I couldn't see what you texted, Amanda. <laughs> what did you text? Oh, I texted a link to um, my bestseller campaign page, which is almost done. It just needs um, like details, description, pricing at the bottom, um, and a button. And then, um, and then I worked on my calendar this weekend, which is good because I realized. Yeah, that that's great. My, um, I mean, I had dates, but I didn't have them like on a calendar. And then, you know, with Ryan getting a job, I'm going to be doing the the kids shuttling back and forth to school. And last year, like something wasn't right with my calendar that I would have. <clears throat> I would get it stuff scheduled when I should have been driving. <laughs> so I realized that, you know, it's hard for me to move a bunch of stuff forward if I have all these things in the background that create more stress and ease. So I uh, developed a flow of my, like the big flow, the retreats, the online workshops, and... Um, course that I want to create, so I think it's a 
got me excited to start putting it together. What's an upside-down messenger? Someone who really, really wants to write, speak, or coach and can't seem to get in the right position to do it. Hmm. They can't. Every time they sit down at their computer, they feel upside-down. I'm reading your landing page. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll read it later, but that is so cool. Oh, wow, it's really long. Oh, gosh, I'll read it later. <laughs> Very cool. Congratulations. Gotta get things moving. Mm-hmm. Fine. What? So when are you, you desire? Mm-hmm. When are you writing the book? That's a really great question. Um, <laughs> if you look at my calendar, you'll notice that was the one thing that I haven't decided on yet. Um, remember how we talked about wanting to do an event? It was just so much fun to do it that way the last time. And I'm I'm pretty certain that we're going to be moving. You know, like, there's just a lot of stuff, right? So I'm wary of doing it on a quick shot like I did the last time. Um, so I'm actually thinking about launching it in, in September, which means that I'd be writing it. I need it done by May. So a lot of it, I already have everything structured. Um, I pretty much know all the stories that are going, all the stories that I can see already <laughs> right now at first. Now there's always more. Um, but yeah, I can, I can see it. So it's a matter of setting aside the time. Nice. How exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I think I'm going to send my link <clears throat> to Ursula yesterday to get her um, some time on my calendar to record my first TV show. So we're gonna try, I'm going <clears> to <throat> launch that at the end of January. I'm going to start recording probably in January and then. Launch it towards the end. So I had an idea um, that maybe I could um, like I have all these things that I really I don't know if I'll say I need them, but God, they would make things easier. <laughs> um, you know, like. <clears throat> to be able to have my sister working on my social media. And um, I'd like to redo the website for this launch. And I just have all of these ideas. You know how it goes when you're, like, creating something new. Like, 
wanted to do it all. And so um, at this moment, the cash situation um, is like, I don't think that's an idea. (laughs) So um, I had this idea that maybe I could create like sponsorship opportunities for them with the TV show. Mm. Or they could do a little like video promos uh-huh. that could be um, split into the interview. And um, and so, of course, Alyssa's totally stoked to do that. And she's like, you know, I'd help you for free anyways. I'm like, yeah, it just doesn't feel good to me. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that, but no. Um, and also, like, it's not something that it's something that I would be in a learning curve about, and that's not nice to not pay someone to help you be in a learning curve. It's just not going to be. So, um, and then um, my web designer, he has to pitch it to his partners who actually do the development, but they're talking about sponsoring the um, the setup fees, and then um, and then my sister could do the design because she designed her own site. She knows how to use their software. So, you know, getting creative. <laughs> getting creative with what I have. I'm trying to follow Alice's <laughs> <laughs> advice here. <clears throat> trying not to focus on what I don't have. Trying to focus on what I do have. And it was really cute because I was talking to my designer the other night and uh, helping him with an inner light session because he's got some health stuff. And um, and so we were talking about, you know, work and stuff, and he's like, how's business? And I was like, oh, you know, it's like, and so I was explaining it to him, and he goes, he's like, Amanda, just don't give up. It's like you have really good people around you who really want you to succeed, and we'll do anything to help you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> sweet, <So> sweet. <clears throat> Couldn't give up no. if I tried. <laughs> it would come stop you. I, I think I have I tried. Mhm. <laughs> would come stalk you. Mhm. Mhm. Hey, lady. Mm. But there was a dramatic shift when when uh, Brian. He got his license last week, and he's supposed to hear back today to be able to go to the staffing company and start looking for employment. So, what kind of license? It's a um, it's the liquor license. He wants to start working with the marijuana, the cannabis growers up here. Oh. Okay. Um, because he has, he he's you know he's an Uber driver, so he has people in his car all the time, who are totally intoxicated, and and he'll you know he asks them a bunch of questions, and he said everyone complains that the stuff that they're making is too potent these days, like they can't they can't get strains that are um, not as potent. So yeah, like can't. what we yeah, like what we used to get when we were in high school. <laughs> right. Yeah, and he's like, 
you know, for people who, you know, aren't addicts and don't need a ton more all the time, um, you know, people who just want to use it recreationally, they can't without consequences because of how potent it is. So anyways, he has ideas for how to do that. So he's going to, he's like, I'm going, I'm going to start at the bottom and do whatever they ask me. And then I'm going to make buddies with one of the growers around here and see what I can do. But, you know, the guy's always been about plant medicine. It's like been part of his own spiritual path. And, um, so, and he, he's also, you know, he gets to those people. Like, he's like, I can hang out with those people all day long. Do not put me in a corporate environment. <laughs> I will die. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, there are options between those. But what I'm acknowledging right now is that you're doing a lot of work to get hired. And I'm happy about this. So. be good. And Ellen, how are you? I'm good. It's like 5% humidity here today, which is just crazy. <laughs> it is so dry. Um, but um, yeah, it's a little bit of a scary week. Well, a lot bit of yeah. a scary week. I still have a pile of stuff uh, by the door. I was waiting to be evacuated, but um, I didn't get evacuated. Um, but yeah, a cup. Well, one really sleepless night where I actually set my alarm every two hours to check the news because um, the lilac fire, when it started, the wind was blowing directly over my house. So so I noticed that fire like pre- within 45 minutes of it starting and it I mean it looked I mean the wind was blowing directly <laughs> so 3 hours of you know heavy smoke right over my house and then you know another day and a half of wondering which way the wind was going to blow it so uh, but luckily out of the woods now and uh you know, there's always like a silver lining in these things because so many people contacted me uh, saying, oh, we left a key for you. You know, we're not home today, but if you need a place to go, you and Max are welcome. I mean, literally, I had probably like six or seven people tell me, you can come to my house, you can bring your cat. Aww. Yeah, right? I mean, it was so nice. I even had a guy, I'm selling, I have this surf case, this hard case that I bought to travel with my display, and it's it's actually a surfboard case, and it never really worked, it's too heavy for my purposes, so finally I sold it on Craigslist, I ended up selling it to this guy who lives in uh, Jamaica Plains, New York, and um, he bought it, but has been trying to figure out how to get it shipped to him, and even that guy, <laughs> this guy named Stan in New York, who I barely know, he's been texting me. Are you okay? I saw on the news there's these crazy fires out there. I mean, it's really a big thing. It's so sweet. And I thought I thought he's just worried about his surf case, but no, he's not. 
kind of bonded it during the purchase over um, the fact that we both have cats. So he kept he texted me, How, "Are you and Max okay?" <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of wonderful bonding happened over you know. I have all these little little old lady friends from um, my Wednesday night meeting. And, you know, we're on this email thread. Everybody was checking on everybody. It's kind of nice, kind of heartwarming and terrifying at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, um, my sales were really good this week. And that always makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Holiday time, right? Right. It's giving time. Yep. Yay. How about you, Cheryl? Um, it was a busy and emotional week, frankly. Hmm. Uh, lots of moving pieces right now. You know, trying to see how I can be helpful to my dad who's, you know, just trying to do everything at once. Uh, I mean, you know, it's got to be out of the engine building shop by the end of this month. Plus, he's got his house up for sale and, you know, selling all of his cars. So, of course, he wanted to do an inventory of all of them. So, um, anyway, so just trying to help him do all that stuff and, um it's a lot. It's just a lot. Um, and I can see, you know, the stress is wearing on him. It's wearing on his life. And so it's just, it's just hard to hard to see it. And you know, I don't know that we've really talked much about it, but you know, I've noticed that my dad's having some lapses, memory lapses. Hmm. And I've been noticing it for the past year. And, you know, <clears throat> my daughter got here. And so and she was at my dad's house with me one day when, you know, she stopped in when my dad and I were working on stuff. And, you know, and he told us a story that he'd already told us twice within the mm-hmm. past, like, 24 or 48 hours. And so she grabbed oh, my no. phone and, like, yeah, she got my phone and like texted it to me and said, "Doesn't Papa remember that he's already told us this story like twice?" And <clears throat> so, um, you know, which I- I've been seeing it. So uh, it's you know, it's the kind of thing. It's uh, it it would be easy to bring up if it was just me and my dad, but. Um, it's a different kind of minefield when it's not just me and my dad. So uh, ultimately what I've decided to do is to go have a private lunch with my brother because my brother and I are pretty equally yoked and we're both pretty pragmatic and my brother can get away with saying things that I can't to the mothers in our lives, mother and stepmother. So um, I think if he and I sit down and talk about it, and then if he agrees and we're kind of a united front about raising the topic, 
it will go easier. Otherwise, it's just one more time when I'm kind of out there on the fringe and, you know, whatever. So <clears throat> the timing is difficult, right, because <clears throat> my stepmom really wants to be living in the Washington house. So to bring up the topic that, you know, I think we should talk about this issue right at the time when they're trying to sell everything and move where she wants to move can look like it's a blocking maneuver, which it isn't. But if they get out there on that island in Washington by themselves, they're really remote, and it's really hard for my brother to do and I to do anything to be helpful. So, you know, because it's very isolated out there. So, you know, I feel like waiting until after they move to try and raise the topic is not necessarily the best decision. So, um, anyways, so first step is just talk to my brother. And um, so... Anyway, so there's just, there's just, there's a lot of perfect storm of stuff that's going on. So, and, you know, then just having my daughter here and with what's going on with her, it's just, you know, I'm glad she gets to be here and I'm glad I can support her and, you know, it's also not easy. So just a lot of upheaval on the outskirts and, you know, some days I'm doing better with it than other days. And so, and, Sunday, I was, you know, I was just going to have a quiet day at home, and then my father wanted to go to South Carolina to actually do a physical inventory of all of the cars and match all of the cars with all of the vehicle identification numbers that he has from the government on each car and make sure that he has a complete accounting of all of his cars. So I ended up going down there with him doing that Sunday and, you know, leave first thing in the morning, not get home till 10 o'clock at night, and, you know, just there's no heat down there. And so just everything about it is just harder. And, you know, and it's hard for him, which is why I go with him because I don't want to send him down there doing that stuff by himself. So my stepmom went, my daughter went, and the puppy went. And so it was just, it was just it was a full crowd. So anyway, it's like the hardest. I mean, what a, what a, that inventory thing is like, the part where I witnessed I'm, I'm my grandma. I'm a hard time hearing you, Amanda. Background noise. Mm. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, it sounds like somebody, is somebody making something in the kitchen maybe? No, no. Okay. Oh, I'm that, sorry. I'm sorry. I thought I was on mute. That was me. I apologize. No worries. Okay. No, I was just saying that um, that whole process of good that you guys are going through like just trying to get things inventoried and organized and moved that my grandma didn't move but she started to have the same type of like I need to consolidate I need to make lists of who's getting what like she just had this whole bit of urgency that you know but that was the that was the period of time where she realized just how fragile her mind was becoming. Um, And she would just get so pissed. I mean, yep. Mm -hmm. You could just see her like, uh, you know, this, why is this so hard? Her ability to focus and no grandma, we've already done that. (laughs) No grandma, you already gave that away. Um, You know, like, uh, it's, it's a hard, 
it's hard, and it's especially, I mean, it was hard for my grandma, and she she always had a super fractured mind, you know? So I can't imagine someone who is as intelligent and linear and together as your dad has been his whole life, you know? That's got to be really so upsetting for him and for you guys to watch. It's, I mean, it's so hard to be... It's so hard to be on both sides. Yeah, and I don't know if he notices, and it's hard because in so many ways he's still sharp as a tack. Right. Then in, but then in other ways he's not. And so I think that's the thing of me having delayed trying to bring up the topic with anybody is it's easy to tell yourself, oh, that was just like a, yes. you know, that was a misnomer. That was a, that was just a, because it, it was it was like, you know, it doesn't happen all the time. And then in other ways, he is still so sharp and really tracking well. And so that's the part that's hard. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I've just kind of given myself permission to just go, and I'm still seeing what I'm seeing. And um, and then there's just the, you know, my dad and I approach things differently. And so the things that I had wanted to do before we went down there to make it easier Mm-hmm. You know, and now I know next time I will just take control and do it. Certain things yeah. like I really wanted to format the spreadsheet and do all that and take it to a print shop and print it out on bigger pieces of paper, like, and do all that because we ended up sitting down there for like an hour and a half, like going through things because he couldn't remember things that we had right. already talked about and that were on the second sheet, which, you know, was off to the right, but because of the way, because he's, you know, I tried to do it. He's like, no, 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 it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Well, then he decided to print it out. But then, you know, it's whatever it was, 25 pages long. Yeah. And, you know, and so part of that is, you know, a second page to the right, which it wasn't formatted that way. And so, you know, and so he's going through and having to rewrite on the sheet that has the VIN and the color and the make and model all of the other descriptions that we painstakingly spent five days typing on the spreadsheet. So we wouldn't have to do that, you know? And so, um, and so some of that stuff is just, you know, but I want to allow him the dignity to do it the way he wants to do it. It's his stuff. It's not my stuff. And um, so there's this, I don't know. There's this, um, this is going to sound really weird, but the president of the United States, like the office itself, or the vice president of the United States, like those offices, um, people that work for not not the person so much, but they work for the office, and then there's a person in the office, they right. serve at the pleasure of the president. And so whoever the president is, they serve at the pleasure of the president. And so, but it's about serving at the pleasure of the office of president. And so, you know, I'm trying to take this approach with my father in doing this stuff with his cars and all of that stuff to do what I can do to be helpful and to, and to be there so that I know and so that I'm tracking and I can pay attention to all of it. But then to also understand that, like, I am there to serve his wishes. I'm not there to make his decisions for him. 
but I'm there to pay attention to what his wishes are and then to be of service based on what I know his wishes are, not the nits and grits details of stuff that, you know, because what difference does it make? So we spent an extra hour and a half down there in the freezing ass cold. Yes, it was inconvenient and cold and unpleasant, but in the scheme of life, it's an hour and a half. It's not a big deal. My father has stood outside in freezing cold, working in hard conditions to put a roof over my head in my lifetime. So, you know, it's not, and so I'm trying to take that approach of, you know, my intention is to be of service to the wishes that he has for himself and his future and his retirement and what he's trying to accomplish. And um, so, but, you know, this is, there's just added components to it because there's, you know, there's the, all the emotional stuff with it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, to be in it in the middle of it with somebody that I don't really like all that much. I mean, yep. you know, I just mm-hmm. don't, and I'm respectful and pleasant to her, but I just don't, you know. She, yeah, and the people of, who, the people who are close to them and who are noticing but not wanting to are the hardest. Like, that was, you know, I mean, people just did not get, because because somehow when, when those people are around, she would, like, pull herself together, you know, mm-hmm. like, it was her best those were her best moments but they so they just did not see all the stuff and and of course you have the other level of being part of an organizing process where you and your dad have worked on systems for your entire freaking life and so you know it it is it's so hard to like navigate that with people that you like let alone people who Right, and it's and it's half hers, so it's not. Right. I mean, it's it's their estate. It's it's not his estate. It's their estate, and so, and I am sure it's got to be hard for her to. I mean, she's grateful because because I'm in there typing and doing all this stuff with my dad. She doesn't have to be in there arm wrestling with him about it. And she did. And to her credit, she did say to me, "Thank you for sitting down." and getting all that stuff organized on that spreadsheet with your dad, because if he and I had tried to do it together, it wouldn't have been good. And so she said, I really appreciate you sitting down and doing that with him because we wouldn't have been able to do it together. Mm. And, um, and so, you know, and so I am trying to keep in mind that I, I really am trying to serve my father's wishes, which is to also make sure she's taken care of. Right. So, right. And I, and I would never wish her any harm. It's not, and I wouldn't wish her to not have her, what is hers, you know, it's their estate. I I don't, you know, I'm doing this for them, for their estate. This isn't, this isn't something I'm doing for myself. I'm doing it for their estate to make their lives easier and better. And, um, you know, so it's just, all of it is hard that, you know, dealing with my dad's mortality and then, you know, uh, it's, it's just, it's just been a, you know, it's just been, tr- it's a tricky time. So yeah. it's, it's going to pass and, you know, and then, you know, so I've gotten a little bit off the mark. I missed a couple of days of some of my spiritual practice stuff. And so, and I'm, I'm feeling that as well. So, um, you know, I'm trying to be gentle with myself about being human and, you know, still doing it more days than not. So, you know, just trying to, held the balance of of understanding that there are days when I probably could have done it and I just didn't rise to the occasion and, you know, get in my office and do my meditation and stuff. And, you know, so, and, 
and I was going to take today and just kind of have a quiet day at home. And then my dad texted and said, you know, I want to sit down and make a plan with you to get out of this shop because, you know, we've got to be out of here by the end of the month. And so I, I, need, I need you to sit down with me and help me write out this plan. So um, today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you know what? This is the shop thing. It's going to end at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So one way or another, we got to get the hell out of there. So a lot of the big push will be over in the next few weeks. So, you know, it's just navigating through the next few weeks. And so um, it's, a, it's a lot of not easy emotional stuff that's on my plate right now. And, you know, and I'm really glad my daughter's here. And, you know, it's really sweet to see her. And it's, it's also hard to see her walking through what she's walking through. And, you know, so I, I just, there's a lot of emotional landlines around me right now. <laughs> so. Good news is I have a sponsor. Called her, to, you know. So I've been able to talk to her about it a couple of times, and she's walked through some of this stuff, so she understands it. And so that is really wicked helpful. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, because if you don't, I mean, that if you haven't been up close and personal, it's something that's really hard to wrap your mind around. Mhm. It is. Even my mm-hmm. even my mom last night, you know, she was like, so you know your blog last week? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't call home. No. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Mom, I know my blog. And she was like, I just had no idea. And I was like, I know. And she's like, well, I mean, I knew it was hard, you know. And I, But you didn't really. And I was like, yeah, because, you know, I actually did tell you some of these things, and it just doesn't hit, you know, it just doesn't, like, register mm-hmm. because you are you don't have to experience it, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just there's no connection point for the learning, for the retaining, and, you know, it's not your fault. But she was like, I'm just, I had no idea. <laughs> I know. <sighs> yeah. So, so I'm glad, you know, I'm glad we're reading this book, this particular one, it's, you know, um, and like this chapter two, um, you know, I'm, I keep going back to this part, vague and indefinite longings will never call out your best effort. I'm like, yeah, my, my longings are so vague right now. I, they're so buried behind, you know, the stuff that's swirling around me right now. I'm like, yeah. I mean, am I wondering why things are not popping for me right now? I'm actually not wondering why. I'm not even I'm not even confused as to why. I'm not even I'm like, yeah, you know, it's buried way deep in there somewhere. In a few weeks, I'll call it back up. Some of this stuff will have passed. So, um and on the other side of the coin, I do feel like I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the that's the positive side of it is I absolutely feel like I'm doing, you know, what, I'm, what is being called to do right now. And it's not going to last forever. And it needs something to my father and he's been good to our family and I feel like it's the very least I can do. So. Well, it's probably not the least I can do, but you know what I mean. 
<laughs> I do. I do know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Can I can I interject? Yeah, absolutely. Um, both my parents are gone. Um, you know, and like my dad died like six years ago, and my mom like four approximately. Mm-hmm. And um, I was called to service <laughs> a lot, and like more than I could handle during the last few years of their life. And I had people that kept telling me, like I'd share about it in meetings or, or to people that I knew, and they would, people would say, you, you will cherish this time after they're gone. Mm-hmm. And, and it caused me to push myself beyond what I could do. I'm, I'm relating to your, you know, you've missed your daily meditation and that sort of thing. I can just really, really deeply relate to that, that, feeling of um for me it was like a feeling of being like strung out you know on on a um you know of having to care for other people so much and not having the time as much to take care of myself and i you know i don't remember any of the overwhelm um, I, I mean, I, a little bit, but not, not, I, I, what I'm trying to say is I'm grateful for all the time and effort that I gave to my parents, uh, before they died. And I'm glad that I didn't bow out. Um, um, oh, and the other thing I wanted to say is, uh, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to be too personal about this. Um, but people that are close to someone who has failing, you know, or their mind is changing, um, everybody notices. It's just that not everyone is is comfortable acknowledging it out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's everyone notices, but like what? You, there's nothing you can really do about it except for what you're doing is, you know, being kind and supportive. And um, the thing I would always get into, I would, instead of, my own personal uh, issue was that I would think I knew what my mom needed. And then I would try to do it and she wouldn't be appreciative. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, damn, like, why am I bothering? And so someone suggested to me, um, it sounds like you've already got this lesson too, is I, I would always say, uh, Mom, what can I help you with today? Mm-hmm. Or Dad, what, you know, what do you need some help with today? And it was really good spiritual practice for me to, you know, get my brain out of the way, mm-hmm. step my, have my ego step aside like what I thought they should be doing. <laughs> um, and it sounds like you're already on top of all this, but I was just compelled to share my experience. I appreciate that so, very much. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I I agree. There's a part of me that feels like, you know, well this would be easier or that would be easier and I, I it's hard but I am trying to be in the place of how does he wanna do it, you know? And so when we started laying out that spreadsheet, I asked him I said, you know, I put a few columns down and I said, Pop, I think just factually we need to know these things, right? Like 
your make model gin. Like factually, those are just factual things. We're going to need to know that stuff. And he said, yeah. And I said, what other kind of things do you want to know? And he threw out a few things. I put those down. And then I said, what do you think of the idea of having a brief description of the vehicle so we can have identifying information? And he's like, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. And then I just let him decide whatever he thought was the right brief description of the vehicle. And, you know, we have funny little things. Like there's this particular car that every time I walk into a shop, it's like a project car, but it's really cute. And um, it's, it's just like a lot of people wouldn't think it's cute, but my dad and I just think this one little Nova is so cute. And why this particular one? I don't know. I think it's the blacked out rims and whatever. And so um, anyways, and so they were having a hard time when he and his wife were going through the shop on the spreadsheet they were using on the rows they were using. And so, and they told me we couldn't identify this car. And, you know, and so his wife said, it's not on your list anywhere. And I said, oh, I'm pretty sure it is. I, you know, I, I remember talking about the car. Maybe we got something wrong. Maybe the VIN's wrong. You know, maybe I typed it wrong. We typed the spreadsheet or something. But I'm pretty, I know we, it's on the spreadsheet. So we, I must have gotten something wrong in the description or the year or something. And so, um, so we went back and we found it. And sure enough, and, you know, my dad was calling it the wrong year when they were going up and down the road. So they couldn't find it because he thought it was a particular year and it was a year later, right? So, um, but yeah, I, I appreciate that, Alan, because it is a, a constant journey to try and keep myself out of the way and just say, how, how can I be helpful to them? What would be helpful to them? And then just ask them and then let them decide that. And, you know, because there's, there's other ways that this would be so much easier for my brother and I to do it a different, different ways, right? And my brother has talked to me about that. You know, like the way dad does it, just it, it's so much harder for me. And I said, I understand. I do. And, you know, at the end of the day, all we can do is do what we can do, you know. And, you know, we just, just do the best that we can do under the constraints that we have right now, which is this time factor and all that. So, um, so yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And I think you're right, Alan, that, that, and that is why I'm trying to do so much right now because I'm aware that when he sells that house, he's going to be gone. And then my ability to really have any impact on being helpful in the day-to-day and to, and to be able to be of service to him will be completely different. It's time-limited. And, I mean, it's time-limited because he's 74, but it's also time-limited because he isn't going to be here that much longer. And, you know... He, he's going to be going away to Washington, and then he won't be around. So, And he he is probably grieving also. And grieving can make your, you know, you, uh, it made me daffy. You know, I, I would, a little bit of that, like, telling the same story and not being able to collect my thoughts, that has to do with grieving, too. He, I mean, I would imagine um, that he's grieving and and questioning a little bit this that he's moving away from you. So all of that is playing into it, you know, in my expert opinion, LOL. <laughs> and 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 you know, the other thing too, um I don't think you told us what kind of uh operation he had, but um there are certain things that I didn't know but Tammy knew because she'd taken care of I don't know, her mother-in-law or someone before, 
Like <clears throat> sometimes they'll they'll have a massive um, mental decline, and it's like, wait, what? And um, sometimes it's like a UTI. So, you know, like a bladder infection mm. can tr- can trigger a bunch of um, memory loss and kind of dementia-like symptoms. And then as soon as it gets fixed, they come back. So <clears throat> it's just, I mean, there could be a lot of a lot of factors. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's going to all kinds of doctors and they're looking at all kinds of stuff. So I figure, you know, whatever medically well, is going, yeah, is going on there, you know, he just, he just had a bunch of lab work done on Friday. So, um, so whatever, you know, if there's, if there's anything that's going on that needs attention, um, you know, because his wife is really like on that about he has to go out to all these doctors and get all this testing done all the time. So, which he doesn't really care about it, but she wants him to go so that she knows. Because my dad's the kind of guy, if I've got something, I've got it. And, I'm, you know, he would just like, he would surrender. You know, he'd, if it was something that could be fought, he'd fight. And if not, you know, if the fight still meant, very likely he wasn't going to be there. He wouldn't do it. He, he, like he just wouldn't put everybody through that. Mm-hmm. So they have some kind of, you know, agreement about the kind of testing she wants him to have done and, you know, for his heart condition and stuff like that. So, which he does because, you know, he wants to be there and be your partner as long as he can. So, yeah. So I, I think you're right. There's, there's could be a lot of stuff that's going on and, you know, and Medication. you know, I've been I've been noticing it for the past probably year and a half since we were working together up in Canada. Like, it it's been you know it's oh. been going on for a while and it's been progressing. And I'm sure the stressful state of all this is probably contributing to it. I think you guys are right about that. Plus, you had that um, car accident, right? Wasn't that like about a year and a half or two years ago? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I'm sure that rattled his brains. So, you know, that was, so he's, you know, it's just a lot of stuff. So, yeah, uh, all, all that to say is, you know, just, it's a, it's a work in progress and I'm trying to, you know, my, uh, my aim is to, you know, be a good daughter. So regardless of what, what else, anything else is going on, I'm just trying to, you know, be my definition of a good daughter, which is to show up and see how I can be of service and, you know, and try and do it according to what they wish to have happen, you know, because in my world, we would wait to do all this car inventory and all that stuff until after we move out of the shop. But, you know, that's, that's not the way he wants to do it. So, uh, so we did it. It's done now. It's behind him and he can relax. So I think in his mind, mentally, it, it, it's making things easier for him. He needed the relief of doing that. So it's an easy thing to do to give him some emotional relief. So, um, yeah, so I like this chapter two that it talks about, well, and I, I like the last two books that we've read where we're talking about intensity, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always accused of being intense. So <laughs> it it's just nice makes to have someone say. <laughs> <laughs> Is this how someone call it a good thing, right? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how I feel, Amanda. That's exactly how I feel. Mm. 
by applying your energies to your work, the success is becoming what you want to be and is obtained by applying your energies to your work. And you will apply your energies in exact proportion to the intensity of your desire and to your faith in your ability to become what you want to be. And then the intensity of your desire will depend on the clearness with which you picture for yourself what you want. Vague and indefinite longings will never call out your best effort. True that. True that. But even though you have strong desire, you will not put forth your best effort without confidence. You will have to think you can before you can. In other words, if you strongly desire to do a thing, it is certain proof that you have the power to do it. Desire is the result of feeling, and the feeling which results in desire is a faculty-seeking expression. That's the thing I keep going back to where I feel like if we have a desire to do something, it's because God planted the seed in us in the first place, which means we have the capability of doing it. Otherwise, why would God? God isn't going to put us in a game where we can lose. Not going to say, ah, psych, just kidding. Oh, I want that. <laughs> like my dad, my dad used to say, I'd say, Dad, I want, and he'd look at me and he'd be like, how does it feel to want? <laughs> Asshole. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is not how God is. No. Mm-mm. I don't think so. <laughs> and if there were no faculty or power, there could be no desire. We cannot desire things which do not harmonize with the forces within. For a thing which does not harmonize with the forces within is repulsive to us. Things only harmonize with those of the same essential nature. Therefore, if you would desire a thing, it is because that thing is essentially and potentially within you. Desire is power-seeking expression. You cannot desire what is not potentially within you. And therefore, you can be what you want to be. The fact that you want to be is proof that you can be. How about that? Mm I need to reread this chapter about 365 times. <laughs> Good reminder. <laughs> yeah. Those are like the main things I had in that chapter. I don't know if you guys had any other parts highlighted in that chapter. I'm just pulling it up here. Oh, it didn't connect. Oh, there it is. I thought the part, I thought the part, um, the last thing that he threw in, and then understand that insofar as your desires are not contrary to eternal justice. Like, what? Where did that go? But, you know, he's, he's talked about that in other places, like what I want uh-huh. for myself, I want for everybody. 
I just thought, wow, mm-hmm. he just like, you know, there's like a that was like a hook so that people would read his next blog or whatever he was writing at the time. Eternal justice. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think it's interesting that there are there are a lot of different phrases for God in here to me. Mm-hmm. You know, God and the energy of God and the frequency of God. You know, desire, intensity. You know, eternal justice. I mean, there. I just there's all these ways in which I'm like, mm-hmm. It's it's to me it's like. Just putting all these little tweaks on the word God. Yeah. And then I thought the piece about up at the beginning where it says from mental picture of what you want to be and of all that you want in person, property, and environment. Dwell upon it until it is clear and definite to you and hold it until it arouses intense desire. I was like, oh, that's so nice. It doesn't have to, like, have all that at the beginning. You know, all that intensity. Because I think that's something that I've I've been missing because all of my desires that manifested came very intensely at the beginning. And so um, I was like, hold it until you feel it. And I think that my, the place where I do that the best is shockingly with writing, but it's specific. Like when I'm writing, like the copy for that bestseller page, or even better, when I'm working on curriculum for a workshop that I want to do, it's like everything gets, all the parts of me get behind it. You know, I can feel it. By the end, I'm like buzzing with, yes, this is going to be freaking amazing, you know, because I've been able mm-hmm. to like get a get get there in some way and see the outcome because I've been writing about it, putting myself in the shoes of the people. Like, what questions are they going to have, and what breakthroughs will they have here that will lead to this next? You know, and it just like gets all my juices going. Yeah, and you're also in the space of thinking about how it's going to serve others, not just about it being about you. Yes. Which is huge. Mm -hmm. Ellen, are you still with us? I'm here. Okay. (laughs) I didn't know if we lost you. I'm here. I'm here. I know. How how rare for me, right? <laughs> well, I'm just used to your fun laugh and, you know, <laughs> when it gets too quiet, I just want to make sure you're still there. I'm here. I'm listening. Yeah. And I like the, the next chapter. Um where it's basically talking about, I guess to me this is where spirituality and evolution meet. Like that was that was kind of what I was was resonating with me as 
I was reading this is that, you know, there's, it seems like there's so much conversation about, you know, like the world is either, you know, has either evolved or, you know, it's just created. And I feel like, well, it was created and evolved. Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's not such an either or thing for me. And, you know, success is a progressive evolution of the faculties of the successful man. Successful man. To understand this, remember that success is becoming what you want to be, and becoming what you want to be consists in satisfying your desires, and desire is the effort of a faculty to come into action. I thought, I read that and I was like, whoa. So there's this thing inside of us, the seed that got planted, and then we become aware by having a desire to do something. And the reason we have that desire is because that seed got planted and now it's trying to grow into being. I'm thinking about myself as a tree these days, apparently, or seeds. (laughs) (laughs) Each gain in money or position that a man may make enables him to bring into use a new faculty or to make fuller use of an old one. This satisfies desire and is success. I love that. Satisfies desire and is success. Mm-hmm. All that bunk about sacrifice and what you want. Success then, being an evolution of the successful man, must follow the evolutionary principle of action. And the basic fact in evolution is that each lower plane contains all the potentialities required to perform the functions of the higher plane. Where are you reading? Where are you reading Um, from? In mine, this is chapter three, and it's like one, two, three. It's like the fourth paragraph into chapter three. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On ascending to a higher plane, new faculties are brought into use, but we also see the continued use of the faculties which were active on the lower plane. And it is the complete development of these faculties or their fullest possible use which makes ascension to a higher plane possible. Evolution never reaches the higher plane from imperfectly developed specimens on the lower plane, but always from the most perfectly developed. Yeah. I have that one highlighted too. Mm hmm. And then a few more paragraphs down. I have your. Your present work may not be the work you want to do. And I think this is a tripping point for a, a lot of folks, self-included at times, for sure. 
Um, your present work may not be the work you want to do, but unless you can do your present work perfectly, you are not ready for the work you want to do. And even when you can do your present work perfectly, if that is all that you can do, you are not ready for anything else. It is only when you can do your present work perfectly and do some other work besides that you are ready to advance. Okay. All right. I'm like, I, I was like, wait, wait, I'm in the back of the classroom, like, r- with my hand raised. I'm like, go, go, go. I'm like, wait, I have to go. <laughs> go, girl, go. Well, because, you know, there's that, I, I have a, a long background in corporate America, and there's this whole concept of um, people rising to their level of incompetence. <laughs> so, so and, and there is, sometimes you can get tripped up if, if, well, I got tripped up, up by focusing on doing my present work perfectly, and it got me stuck. Like, we can't promote Ellen. She's too good at doing XYZ role, you know? So it, it's like, it's just something I, I keep in mind that it is important for me to do my present work perfectly, but then I have to be careful not to get stuck in a rut. So that so when you got to the next paragraph, I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> when you can do your present work perfectly and do some other work besides that you're ready to advance. That's exactly what happened. I, I perfected my work in corporate America in the role that they had, and then I started to work on my own business on the side. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that work as well. Okay, yes. my spaz attack is over. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's it's a, it's the, the the that follow up chapter is the thing that made it made sense to me too, Ellen, when I was reading it. Because it's it's that you know doing everything we can. And, and I heard somebody, I heard a speaker years ago talk about this particular concept, but she talked about it more in like a practical, tactical day-to-day job that, you know, I was at a workshop with Marianne Williamson. It was years ago. <clears throat> and and people were talking about, um, you know, their jobs and being in a job that they didn't really love and, you know, and on and on and on and on. And, you know, and part of her big thing is that, you know, you know, from the Course in Miracles perspective, like, you know, our job basically is to be a teacher. You know, and basically what we're teaching are the concepts of love effectively. And, um, and, and so she was talking about um, somebody who um, had been working for her as an assistant, but the gal really wanted to be doing what she was doing. So Marianne had an assistant. The assistant wanted to be doing what Marianne was doing. And, um, and, and Marianne said, okay, great. Well, I have this a job, you know, right now you have a job as my assistant and, you know, like, how about if you just settle in and do that job really well? And, um, and so the, the gal did kind of a half-hearted job of being her assistant 
and then left to go work somewhere else where she felt like she was going to be able to, you know, get into a different position and kind of elevate herself and raise herself up by job hopping. And so, you know, and, and so Marianne talked about the fact that what her assistant didn't seem to understand is that um, people show up at the job that they're at and conduct themselves in a certain kind of way. And it's based on their performance in that job that will determine other opportunities that become available to them. And maybe not inside the company that they're in, but like in general, because we'll, you know, it'll end up coming through some other route. If we're in our job doing a really good job or interfacing with other companies, maybe some other person in some other company. I have done that. Like there is a gal that just helped me recently when I was at Bath and Body Works. And, um, and I'm telling you, I, I, she was so good. And she's one of the assistant store managers. And I thought, you know what? If I am in a spot to hire somebody, she is sharp as a whip. Like I, I would see about hiring her in a, in a minute. And she gets a lot of, and she told me like a lot of her friends give her flack because she has a business degree and she's working in retail. And she said, but I enjoy my job. And she said, I'm paying my dues right now. And, um, and I'm happy to have a job. And so my intention is to do a good job at my job. And she was really good. I mean, she was juggling a whole bunch of things and doing a bunch of things. And so, you know, she was doing a great job where she was. And that's, and I told her, look, it's going to pay off for you in some way, somehow, whether she, you know, earns enough experience and all of that to open her own business or climb the corporate ladder or, you know, make some other move somewhere else. And so, but, but Marianne was talking about the fact that if a person doesn't like their current job, they show up and do it half-heartedly. Mm-hmm. They don't do a good job at it. They do it half-heartedly. And then when they do it half-heartedly, they're never going to be considered for the next job up because people are going to say they're not even competent to do the, the lesser job that they currently have. And I think that's what people forget is that, you know, and I'm not saying it's all the time, but I, I thought it was a really well-made point that because a lot of people were kind of bagging on their current job. And she asked somebody, well, how do you show up? And they're like, well, I'm, and she asked them, do you show up kind of lackluster and like you don't care? And they're like, well, yeah. And she said, do you dress for the job you currently have or the job you want? Like, so she started asking them all these questions. And they basically were phoning it in. And she said, well, how, how would you expect anyone who knows you to want to offer you something better when they watch you phoning it in? at the job you currently have. And I, I just thought it was, it really stuck with me. And that was probably, I don't know, 15 years ago when I heard her say that. And I just thought, she's really onto something there. And then she talked about that it was unfortunate that that assistant had left because Marianne had all this stuff in the works. And she said, you know, that assistant, I really liked her. And if she had chosen to stay on with me, the opportunities that would have been available to her, the people she would have been able to meet, the relationships she would have been able to build, the bonds she would have been able to forge if she had been willing to stay for a little while and, you know, like build her network. And and she said she suggested to her, well, why don't you stay and, and, you know, do the job for a little while? And, 
you know, and build relationships with the people that I work with, build relationships with the people that, you know, I share space with and that, you know, and the gal was it just didn't didn't really want to do it. And um and you know, I don't know whatever happened to the gal, but I thought it it just really I and I thought about that again when I was reading this chapter about about, you know, doing it perfectly and then doing some other work besides. And and I think that's part of what Marianne was saying is that she could have gotten really good at doing the assistant job and and also been building her other thing while she stayed there and built relationships with influential people. Because, you know, I mean, Marianne's hooked up with some pretty influential people, you know. And she's, you know, she's got, got some pretty accomplished friends, musicians and other speakers and Oprah and like she's got a pretty <laughs> blue chip network. So um, yeah, I'm just finding the balance of doing what's in front of us plus extra work and that's the action part. I think that's the part that I always feel like gets left out of these conversations is uh, we have to take action and to rise, you must not only fill your present place, but you must more than fill it. It is that part of you which projects beyond the boundaries of your present place, with, which gets hold on the higher plane. It's that part of you which projects beyond the boundaries of your present place, which gets hold on the higher plane. It's a pretty heady chapter. It is. <clears throat> well, I guess our job is to um, evolve this week. <laughs> I'll put it at the top of the to-do list. <laughs> what you say? What's our job this week? Just to evolve. You know, nothing big. <laughs> just we're gonna go ahead and evolve. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Um, one of the things that really struck me was that part. <clears throat> it is only when you can do your your present work perfectly and do some other work besides that you're ready to advance. And I was thinking, like to me, that all boils down to just energy. Like energy. I mean, no, it's like an energy, vitality, and creativity. Like if you don't have any of that left over, you can't get to the next. Right? So for me, it was like this, you know, thing that's in my face right now, like work on your vitality. (laughs) You actually just need more energy to do everything that you want to do. All the stuff that you need to do plus all the extra, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely a, an energy thing. And I, I think that ex- exactly for me, the other side of that is, you know, trying to find the balance of, 
doing what's in front of me to do and then being able to have some energy. Like if I, if all I'm doing is expending my energy on, you know, if I get myself all sucked into other people's drama, which, right. you know, that's the stuff that I'm looking at, like, you know, with all this stuff going on with my pop, right? Like, like I want to be able to do everything that I can do to be a good daughter to him. And then it's a balancing act of also, like, not getting lost in it myself, too. Like, not doing it in a way where it's, you know, codependent and, you know, where I'm where I'm not taking care of myself at all. So it's just, you know, I'm being mindful of being aware of, like, how much drift is there for me with my own stuff. And that's why I was making that joke. Like, yeah, but, you know, vague and, you know, vague, unclear longings or whatever it is. I'm like, yeah, it's, a, it's under there somewhere, you know, under all the dust. Yeah. And it's the season, you know, it's like just the season. Yeah. And I feel like this this season is the, I don't know, it's the runway for the, for the next thing I'm supposed to be doing. And that, that's the part is that I'm clear on is that all this that's happening right now is supposed to be happening. I mean, the way it all it's all laid out, you know, the way this house came to be, the way all of it has happened, the, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, I can see the hand of God at work in it. So it's holding the balance of it. So. And I'm so glad we're reading these books. They're so <laughs> on time for me. Like, so on time. Yeah. Uh, I think we have two chapters again for next week, I think. I'm positive, but I think. Let's see. Oh, my God. Can I just tell, tell you guys? I just opened my computer because I have a call 830. And um, my son is working on book covers for me. And he's a badass. Oh, how cute. Yeah, I have I had this one project last week. This lady called me and was like, we're doing a legacy book for my mom. She's got dementia, and we want to compile all of her poetry into a book and give it to her and her family members and friends for Christmas. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> we have three weeks. And, um, and then, you know, the designers and all the costs, and I was like, well, there's a, there's a cheaper way, but I don't know the technology. Let me see if I can find someone. So I put my son on it, and he figured the whole damn thing out in, like, two hours. He's, he's formatted the front cover, and he, is, he did the internal design, really simple stuff. And, and then I'm like, and then I have this other client who's got, her whole dream is to, um, her, her book is called Living the Potential, a five-step guide to employing the wisdom of our youth to save the world. And so she's like, wouldn't it be fun if I could get kids to be part of the making of the book? And the and then she looks at me, she's like, could Aaron do it? I'm like, 
we'll see. And I'm looking at this freaking amazing book cover right now. He sent it to me last night before he went to bed. That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Love it. Isn't that fun? They told me I better be careful or else I'm going to take up all of his time. And it's such a blessing such a blessing for me because he's getting all of these skills. He's acquiring skill really fast. Um, and also, I don't have to pay him what I pay my other designers. So, like, it is such a blessing for me at this moment in time. It's not even funny because <laughs> he's like, you know, you're going to give me this much for a book cover? And he's just, like, so friggin' excited. And I'm like, you know, sweating bullets in gratitude that I don't have to pay my real designer three or $400 more. <laughs> it's a win for everybody right now. <laughs> Gotta love it. Anyway. Yeah, kids can do so much more than what we envision sometimes. Yeah. Amazing. That's what that's yeah. what her book is all about. Ten, eleven, and twelve year olds built a software company because a utility company came to them and asked them to design a, a game to teach conservation. And they just yeah. figured it out. They negotiated a seventy thousand dollar contract. They paid the game maker. Like at ten, eleven and twelve. And this lady, she was representing them. She was consulting and selling it for them. And she just didn't tell people that her clients were 12 years old. <laughs> have, you ever, um, have you ever heard of the hole in the wall experiment? I think she talks about it in here. So good. What are the details? So good. These kids learn, teach themselves how to use computers and that, yeah, it's, it's so good. It's such a yeah, good video and then the the guy that kind of got it going you know then they set up this other you know they, they did more things with it and you know the the he he said what you know what every kid needs is the grandma and so you have to figure out a way in education to set up the grandma effect you yeah. know where there's just somebody who listens and is interested in what they're talking about and says right. uh-huh you're doing a great job and then they just you know yeah. <laughs> they learn really sophisticated concepts you know, on their own, and you know, and they ask the kids, "Did you learn anything?" The kids were like, "Not much." I mean, the only thing we learned is da 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 da. Right. So they're explaining all these really sophisticated science concepts. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful thing. Kids. Yeah, that's what happened with these kids. They were like, "Oh, well, in order to do that project, we'll need okay." So you know, Julie is the artist, and Sarah is the scientist, and so they delegated according to their strengths. The math, mm-hmm. the math kids had to up their game and learn a bit of calculus. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, they figured it all out. And they just up-leveled very, very quickly. Team worked it out. And, yeah. so that's, you know, created this thing. amazing thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just a project that's got to get done. If people just leave us alone, we'll figure it out. I just can't yeah. wait to hear, because she's following up with them. This is like 30 years later, 20 or 30 years later. They were doing this in Canada in the 90s. And so I'm like, I want to know what those, you know, like we have to put that in the book. How has this served them? You know? Yeah. Yep. 
Yep, that's all the stuff Deming talked about, you know, that grades and all that other stuff is has just nothing to do with the child's learning. You want to do standardized tests, fine, just to figure out, you know, how well things are functioning, but it's a systemic thing. It's not the teacher's fault. It's not the student's fault. It takes all of it to all come together to make education happen. So, yeah. Hey, ladies, I got to I gotta go. Um, sorry. Okay. I gotta, I'm meeting with someone I sponsor, and I got to make sure I'm ready for her. But sorry to interrupt, right, and I will, I will talk to you next week. Have, Have a great week. week. Have a good week. Okay. Bye. 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 Yeah, I suppose I should hop off to you at 8.30. Um, okay. I'll yeah. Uh, anyway, I, listen, I'm thinking about you all week, so anytime you need to call and scream. I know you have a sponsor, but you also have a friend over here, so. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll talk you later. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.